hey, who's in charge of this crap? <laughs> hey, it's a, you know what we're doing? It's a weird scheduling week and uh, Colorado's a ways away. So we couldn't do a show on Thursday. We couldn't show, do a show on Wednesday. So I said, let's do it on Tuesday rather than Friday because we want to get ahead of the curve. It's the, uh, what the hell show is this? Five Hard Podcasts. That's what it is. The Restore the Order episode. It's the Restore the Order episode, you sons of bitches. And I'm joined by Haas Reuter, who I haven't talked to, and I, I don't when, when was the last time? I think the last time I was on was right before the Illinois game last year, when uh, oh, Brett Bielema, Brett Blimpy Bielema came in and you know uh, beat us. And we've refused to run any misdirection plays whatsoever. Yeah, God, that you know that game. I'm used to it as a Husker fan at this point, you know, especially post-2014. But that game in particular, as it was winding down, I was getting ready to actually join some family and friends for one of my uh, sister's birthdays, their birthday party that night. And to a few people that I was watching the game with, I was just kind of like, you know what, why do I even bother anymore with this team? And people who don't really follow football were like, why, haven't you known that they were bad? And it's like, Here's the thing. I know they're bad. I know it's bad for me to get this upset, but it's like heroin. I just can't help it. Not that I've ever tried heroin, but it's just, you know, it's a rough analogy here. Okay. We yeah. have Colorado coming up. We got Colorado. We, we have Colorado coming up. Yeah. Colorado. Colorado scored 862 points against TCU. And they flew, they flung the ball all over the field. 500 yards that guy had, that uh, shittier Sanders. Yep. And uh, there's no stopping them. Travis Hunter, two way player, Heisman Trophy candidate, probably going to win it. You know, yep. he's already those, chilling in his crib, John. It's chilling in his crib. If he'd have caught those two long balls, I'm sure he's going to blow the doors off in Nebraska. <sighs> what, what happened to TCU? Their defense didn't. They didn't look like they even knew what was going on. They didn't know anything. No, they, they didn't. And, you know, they play a 3-3-5 similar to what we play. But Colorado kind of caught them by surprise from the standpoint that TCU coaches didn't know really what to expect with are they going to run what Sean Lewis ran when he was at Kent State, which was very, you know, it was spread, but it was very power spread, you know, option quarterback run game or is it going to be more of the modern spread that you see a lot of you know mesh concepts and quick game and getting the pat getting the ball out to your running back out of the backfield and so it was kind of a sneak attack an ambush in a way but then tcu made it worse by never adjusting to it i mean colorado ran mesh probably 843 times against tcu and at no point did they decide hey maybe we throw May we slap a matchup zone, you know, pattern match them underneath. So we're not passing off crossing routes and getting caught up on rub routes and the natural picks. And we just, you know, sit back and make a break on the ball. Okay. I guess, I guess Greg's here. He keeps oh, waving. Still optimistic. I keep in one is Greg. Okay. I, I keep thinking that he's going to add himself to the stream. You would think he's the skipper of this I, podcast. You would think he would know what to do. In my defense, I didn't want to interrupt a a really nice thought or conversation. I I wanted to feel welcomed. I wanted to I wanted to be a big shot for a minute and be introduced like a big shot, damn it. 
Oh, here's Greg. He's, he's with us now. Hailing from Edwardsville, Illinois. Time out, time out. I'm not match, he's apparently still optimistic. Of course I'm still optimistic. John, 14 and 1. Anybody can be wrong oh, okay. once, but it takes okay. a hell of a person You're, to be wrong 15 times. You predicted us to go undefeated when Mark Whipple was calling the plays and Scott Frost was leading the program. So, like, I got to question a lot of judgment. Mark Whipple, John, you know that I've defended every offensive coordinator Nebraska's ever had. Mark Whipple was indefensible. I could not well, he, defend him. He was he was operating with a a madman. Yeah, we yeah. should just not. We, that's we we already said before the show we're not going yeah. too. We're not going yeah. back. We're, we're not going back, Greg. Except for one thing, one question I'm going to ask you, Haas. What? What made you optimistic about the offense and the loss to Minnesota? Well, when I went back to rewatch it, I looked at specifically what our core concepts were that Satterfield called that makes up our identity as an offense. And that came out to outside zone, so trying to get the ball on the perimeter with the stretch play. That was further supplemented by the counter GH play, so the backside guard and the H-back instead of the tackle, the H-back pull, counter GH. We run that with the tailback, so Irvin or Grant, and we also run a quarterback uh, run component off that with Sims, and we do it in a few different ways. You know, regular counter, a bash read where they flip the responsibilities. And then on top of that, we had a f- another counter play that the Niners love to run under Kyle Shanahan, counter solid. And then we that really makes up the bulk of our running game. Outside zone, counter, quarterback counter, quarterback running game. Now – when I went back and rewatched it, you had a lot of issues with Nate Berkicher, Luke Lindenmeyer, Thomas Fedoni, and Barrett Liebentritt, the tight end fullbacks and H-backs, that they just their blocks weren't quite executed as well as they could be. You know, they the assignment was right. It was just it's the little things. It football's a game of inches. Blocking, it's more of a game of inches than anywhere else in football. You know, if they hit uh the far shoulder instead of the near shoulder and they log a guy who's squeezing the line of scrimmage instead of boxing it, that there were runs that might go for, you know, 60 yard runs. And so there are a lot of opportunities that we had to have chunk plays where we're, if those happen, if they are executed the way that they could have been, we're sitting here talking about, you know, maybe 250, 300 yards rushing in the game. We're talking about how, good our offense executed things are going to get cleaned up greg what about okay what about jeff sims throwing just right at the other team well um i don't love our passing game i'll say that um (laughs) i don't love the concepts i don't like the way they cage sims to the pocket I think you got to throw roll him out and let him and his mobility pull coverage apart and then you can hit a tight end in the flat or on a low crossing route because a lot of times that Tyler Newman was able just to play center field, sit back, single high. Oh, okay. I get that. So you want to be able to pull defenders towards the run out of coverage, opening up seams in the coverage. And I think that's something that we'll probably see against Colorado. I think that this staff does not strike me as a staff that's going to continue to beat their head against a wall. 
the staff seems like they're astute enough to get things fixed, whether it's, you know, technique wise or play calls. Do you think that they, they did, they kept him in the pocket because their wall blocking wasn't ready? Wall block? What do you you mean? Well, you know what I mean? How they move. The linemen are supposed to move like a wall. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Probably not using the right term. Slide protection. There you go. I got you. In my day, it was a wall. In my day, it was just, we had walls. We didn't have things that slid. Yeah. Something like Uh, that. You know, I think that could be a part of it. I think a lot of it's finding out how teams are going to choose to defend us. Because, I mean, that's your first game. The book is out at that point. You know, like teams, you figure out how teams are going to defend you. Other teams figure out how they're going to defend you based on what teams that run similar schemes to them do. And so like Colorado, for instance, the whole book's out on them. I mean, they went deep into their playbook to score 45 points. So we know how to defend them. But I think our biggest issue on uh, offense is in our passing game is our receivers really struggle to get open. That is probably the most experienced, inexperienced, I'm sorry, receiver room that we've had at Nebraska. Thank you, Fred, this. for teaching all of us a new word. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 look that one up, uh, everybody. You're going to be disappointed. Um, okay. Sam Roberts Golf says, I would uh, honestly would rather beat Colorado than Iowa this year. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely abhor uh, Iowa. I, I corrected your spelling there, Sam. Don't worry about it. It's, it's autocorrect. You got screwed out. It's, it's autocorrect's fault, not yours. Dang, Fred is mad. Okay, um, Greg, you can start talking or I'll just start talking all the time again. I was wondering when I'd be able to do anything besides say hello. No, uh, we Hoss and I uh, brought. Sorry, I'm in the comments. I know, I, I know. That's one of the rules not to. <laughs> no, that's no, it's. it's Pepperidge Farmer remembers Houston punching the Mizzou fan out. Kellen Houston, hell yeah! Horrible game. He's um, a doctor now. Kellen Houston is. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I had no idea. Good for him. Um, where was I? Oh, so Hoss and I brought back coordination over reaction. We'll we'll be doing that every weekend uh, from here to eternity because uh, Saturdays are for pain and sadness as, as I wore that shirt uh, on when we did that show. My biggest issue, my biggest uh, 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 grievance, I had to think of Festivus and what you're supposed to air, uh, is the play call at the end of the game. When Nebraska had the offense, I, may, I apologize if, if this got covered in the three minutes that I was uh, nope. trying to log in. But the when you have a ten to three lead and the ball, and there's what seven minutes left, something like that. You're in the fourth quarter. It was down to about five thirty-two. Is that where it was? Yeah, it was um, pretty late. And and you decide, well, let's open up the air attack. And and again, as I said Saturday, I understand the mentality of if this hits. We're going to put a dagger in Minnesota, but it didn't hit. And in fact, it backfired in a big way. I was saying, you know, I apologize to uh, Cornhusker Corner. I, I don't know if they are uh, in the um, uh, comments yet. I haven't seen them yet, but I, I was on tape delay uh, watching the game Thursday night. So I'm, I'm about a half of football uh, behind everybody else. And so I'm tweeting and I'm like, shorten the game, shorten the game, run the damn ball. I was that guy. 
and they were like, we're very confused because in their mind, the game was already over. Like you have to shorten the game by running that clock. And at least uh, in Austin, you and I talked about this Saturday, at least we didn't see uh, Nebraska snapping the ball with 17, 18 seconds left uh, in, in the play clock. They were running it down, but man, when you throw incomplete, incomplete, and, and you don't give the offense a t- Nebraska had been running the ball. Gabe Irvin uh, Jr. specifically had been running the ball very well. Ramir Johnson, a few touches here and there. Anthony Grant had, I think, one run and, of course, one fumble. Um, but that was my biggest thing. And, Haas, you set, you, you set me on a better path. You, you, you pulled me up out of the gutter uh, when you said that all of Nebraska's mistakes, the reason Nebraska lost to Minnesota, they were self-inflicted and they can be fixed. Absolutely. And uh, we, we were covering that a little bit before you joined. A lot of it just stems from getting the tight ends, fullbacks, H-backs, the four that we used in the game, Fedoni, Berkacher, Lindenmeyer, and Liebentritt, just cleaning up their blocking. Um, a big part of it is if we're going to run counter so much with the guard pulling and kicking the defender out towards the sideline. Well, if he squeezes down on the down block of the tackle, then he at some point he's too far down. You're not going to be able to kick him, so you have to target his shoulder closer to the sideline and seal him back to the inside and let the back bounce around that and go outside. Um, it's no different than the counter trap, counter sweep that Nebraska ran under Tom Osborne. Milt Teneper writes about in the assembly line. John, I know that you have that book as well, and Greg does not. And, I, uh, I, no, yeah, this is, this Greg is, this is crap. This is crap. I'm on a show right What's now crap? with the two people in the world that I know who have that book. Nope. And I will be neither of you will let me borrow it. I, nope. I want you to know I take borrow, care of other people's borrow. things. Better than Why I take care of my own. Borrow my children. I guess they're all adults <laughs> now. The hell? Well, because I don't. I don't know what to do with rotten son. Um, except you know, make him do math for properly. You. That's fine. I. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Hoss a few times, and and John, I don't know because you were in the stadium, so I'm I'm curious to know about uh, that experience, especially when Nebraska took the lead, and then you know, unfortunately, towards the end when we lost the lead. So I don't know how much you were able to see, and I don't know if you went back and watched uh, the replay, but Haas, you said a couple times now, Nebraska offensive linemen were pulling. Yes, and they were pulling. I, I yeah. feel like – You could John, see them pulling. That, that, well, but that has been – I screamed your, in the stands. That has been one of your focuses, one of the things that you were hoping to see all offseason long. So, uh, John, did you need to go home and take a bath? No, Jeff but I just screamed. I screamed, oh, they're already. pulling, something like that. Pulled, they pulled, ah! And then people <laughs> were like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then hey, when we went up to 7-3, to three, I said, onside kick, and all the Oscar fans wanted to kick my ass. Too soon, man. Too soon. You guys aren't amused with that either. You know, I will say that, uh, you know, the first at the end of the first half, all the Gopher fans were ecstatic with themselves. They were like, you know, that smug pass. They're yeah, yeah, they are. They're but that's they're all passive aggressive. They're all nice to your face, and then they try to kill you on the freeway. That's how it is. You just learn this. You get to have the nicest office people on the planet be next to them on the freeway, and they want you dead. That's entire. <laughs> that's all of Minnesota, except for the non-natives. 
and we know who they are because they're not like that. They actually talk to other people and stuff like that. But uh, at the end of the half, they're all smug. You know, they're like, oh, we're head. And then, you know, that Ramir Johnson, big kick return. And then the worst executed pass in history. <laughs> and I was standing so that's, that we could all see it. Good. It was obvious a, a backward pass to our section because we were right even with the play. And all the Minnesota fans were like, yeah, yeah, it's a backward pass to the fumble, get after it. And then he throws it down to the only receiver down there so he couldn't lock on a different guy. And then he scored and they all were like, Ugh. but it, and literally in the, it was like, it's just, they were sad, 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 then happy for a moment. And then they were really sad. And then it was, it was really, crowds are wonderful. I love crowds. Mob, mob psychology. Yeah. And not the mafia. Honestly, I, I said this in the video I did by the tree, the most recent tree video. I actually couldn't believe we held on to the lead as long as we did. Well, because I, I expected Minnesota's offense to play a lot better than it did, and they did not play well. You know, they have their issues with two new co-offensive coordinators can, since Kurt Shiroka left for Rutgers. Um, Callie Amakis, he is experienced after stepping in for Tanner Morgan, but he was there for 45 years. I mean – a loss like that does factor in at some point. And Ibrahim's now in the NFL, and they lost three offensive linemen. They lost John Michael Schmitz, who's now with the New York Giants. Uh, but they, I have no doubt that they will get it figured out because they have a lot of nice pieces. And I, Minnesota, in my opinion, is my pick to win the West. I think that they're going to win the West. Yes. I think that they will win the West. Did you watch a lot of football this weekend? That's pretty much all I did. <laughs> everybody looked like shit. Yeah, everybody did. There were a lot of crappy like, looking I teams. I think we're at another point in college football, a lot like the early 2000s, where you're starting to see the effects of parity and the transfer portal really um, take effect, where everybody's got dudes. Everybody has really good um, coaching and good scheme. You know, I, I know what I just said about everyone's got really good coaching. There's some that are better than others, but by and large, you know, for the most part, everybody knows what they're doing. Um, but Ohio state looked like crap as they're implementing uh, Brian Hartline's offense as the new play caller. Uh, Wisconsin, it looked like they had a little bit of an interesting yeah. experience until they got rolling late. Illinois had to have a last second field goal to beat Toledo. Purdue losing to Fresno state doesn't shock me actually um iowa still can't hit 25.5 you know it's a beautiful thing i actually want them to i want them to keep brian ferens forever um <laughs> I, and northwestern i mean do we really even need to talk about northwestern football no it no oh, except to make fun they, they opened up as a one and a half point underdog at home to utep so i feel like that well, needs to be it, addressed but, but to answer like dion says in the comments and fred says as well we we actually did physically dominate minnesota when i went back and looked at the i don't want to say the tape because i'm just watching a dvr on youtube tv it's not like i got the film reel going uh, when i went back and looked at it there were a lot of plays made by the defense that looked like plays that you'd see BYU make under Bronco Mendenhall, who's a Rocky Long disciple. Um, Tony White's a Rocky Long guy from, you know, time at San Diego State. And that defense is going to suit us very well in the Big Ten and in the Big Ten West. Offensive line, 
sustain some blocks. Other than that, like the technique didn't look awful. It's just an attitude thing, you know, like finish blocks. Like don't try to catch a linebacker running through. Go block up to the second level. Um, that's actually a big point I wanted to talk about, you know, in terms of Grant's fumble. If you go back, I wish I would have told you to cut the video in advance, Greg, but um, there's a Baronkowski for Minnesota, number six. He runs through on a down. He runs through a down block against. Uh, I think it was Berkature or um, Evans Jenkins, the backup center who was in at tight end in our heavy set, and he pops Grant, and that collision at the line of scrimmage, honestly, is what caused the bad ball security. And I mean, the, somebody clubs it out still, but that impact kind of caused him to have the ball way out here instead of, you know, five points of contact. On Gabe Irvin's long 27-yard run, Turner Corcoran doesn't climb up the linebacker. He tries to catch the linebacker instead of going to blocking him. Same linebacker. He runs through, hits Irvin at the line of scrimmage. Irvin's strong enough and powerful enough to shake it off and still go for 27 yards. Um, So – that's an area where we've got to get that cleaned up because we're going to see a lot better linebackers as the season goes on. But other than that, I didn't think the offensive line played terribly in the run game. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible. I mean, this isn't last year or the year before's offensive line in terms of ineptitude. Uh, Fred said here a few minutes ago, talking about the physicality, uh, said we did seem to wear them down, which was quizzical because it's not like we beat up on them, which I think you address a lot, but, but it also – just again frustrates me all the more that we didn't when when we had the lead in the fourth quarter late in the game while we didn't just keep leaning on them with the run game and and pushing them back three four five yards per carry uh, per you know per down and just shortening the game because it was right there and I think that it not not in the way that uh, I I apologize to all you Chatterfields. Uh, this this game wasn't lost on an onside kick. This wasn't uh, lost on punting to the wrong yep. side of the field. This Antonio was, Reed hitting a receiver late on third and twenty five when you're getting off. I'm still sore about that one. Five <laughs> years later, this game was so winnable. It was right there, and we we exerted game control for stretches of the game. Yeah, you know, it truly, yeah. If we execute better on offense, I think we're probably sitting here at a 24 to 3 win. And that, I'm not saying that, you know, full of Kool Aid right on the heels of watching us lose. I'm saying that with taking a few days, watching the game again, taking some notes over it, better understanding what we're going to do offensively from a schematic standpoint. And then moving forward from there, it's fixable. I mean, I don't, I don't think that we're going to see the same issues continue to rear their heads, and if they do with some of the personnel, I think we'll probably see personnel changes. I don't feel like this staff is going to be the kind of staff that continually rolls with a guy past the point of looking like he can't get it done. A lot of great questions here, and John, you and I are starring the same ones. Uh, let, me, let me knock out a few of these real quick here. Uh, Clay says uh, the line took blame for the fumble for not finishing the blocks. He calls that honorable. It's probably it's a little bit of a stretch, but I like I like where they're at from a leadership standpoint because 
Yeah, Baronkowski's run through did that initial contact through Grant off. He still picks up more yards, but the ball security isn't there like it's supposed to be. And for a guy that's had problems fumbling all through fall camp, I mean, that's you know, you got to think that he's going to revert back to his baseline training when the bullets are flying, so to speak. Do you think just the the leadership aspect of the O line? <clears throat> do you think that also shows maybe more? personal accountability than we've seen here uh, in the last few years for sure there's so much when you think back to some of the linemen we had through the riley era and into frost you know whether it's you know guys that didn't want to put in the work and strength and conditioning guys that didn't want to learn the playbook guys that didn't want to you know make sure their nutrition was dialed in or listen to the play call or you know anything that was a common problem or guys that just didn't fully buy into the culture. It's nice to see this leadership, you know, from the unit that, you know, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit hyperbole, I guess, but they're the tip of the spear, you know, it's, you know, they're leading the way. I guess that leads into what we've talked about with Ben Scott. We were going to talk about over the, you know, we mentioned last week, we were Mm -hmm. talking about this week and uh, for the very first time in a very long time, I have no complaints about the center position at Nebraska. He played really? a very solid football game. He's making the line calls, right? Making the line calls, great physicality. Um, he, you know, every assignment was the correct one based on, you know, line line calls and blocking schemes are pretty universal across football, you know, based on different fronts. You know, there's not too many things that are proprietary to individual teams, except for a few tweaks here and there. And he looked like he knew what he was doing, you know, like he had been in the program for a long time. So we've got ourselves a good center and that is going to be a big thing um, to have moving forward this year. Cause even though, you know, Cameron Jurgens, you know, for as great of an athlete as he is, and he made some great plays his last year at Nebraska in 21. He wasn't the kind of center that you'd go, okay, we need one yard on fourth and inches. You know, he's going to, he can handle the nose guard by himself. And so, yeah, it's good to have him. Um, you really hope Prohaska can suit up. I know Clay said, you know, our best O lineman should suit up this week. Um, again, Teddy's a guy that more than held his own against Aiden Hutchinson as a true freshman in 2021. And so you hope that he's back, you know, and ready to play. And I would keep an eye on that left guard spot though. I think that Ethan Piper can still develop into a really good player. You know, I think uh, he's athletic enough. I think that we should probably start, you know, using him in the run game, similar to the way that we use Noli. Hasn't Ethan Piper also been here for like 30 years? Yeah. I think he's getting a doctor <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, get for my man. Good, for, good for him. Uh, keep going to school as long as somebody else is going to pay for it, right? Uh, let, let's jump ahead. Look, we're going to have some some things to talk about as we bounce back between Minnesota and Colorado. But Red Wine, uh, three quick hits from uh, Red Wine sixty five here. The first one is hopefully we can run on CU a lot more than pass. Uh, I think that is definitely the uh, the goal is to pass less, run more. Uh, following that up with uh, and wrap the ball up. Yep, let's do that as well. And Redwine said, uh, I'd like to see a lot of successful blitzes also. If you guys are on Twitter, go and follow Match Quarters. Cody Alexander, who has been a very successful Texas high school football coach, he breaks down defensive schemes across college football and pro football. 
you will see a few of the blitzes that Nebraska ran, some games that they played in the double-A gap blitz uh, games to get the center turned one way and then reading that reaction to free up a blitzer. Well worth your time. And he has a lot of good, really good books on Amazon as well. The Guide to the 425, Hybrids, Cautious Aggression, all good stuff if you want to learn more about defensive football. Back-to-back ones from uh, Fred here. One is – Legitimate question, and the other one I'm going to have some fun with. Uh, but Fred says, other than Cam Jurgens, who is the last good center we've had? Drawing a blank. Dave Remington. <laughs> you know, I Michael Decker would have been really good had he not quit football. That was a that was a shame when he decided to hang it up. What, what year was that? 2000? 2000- uh, 2017-2018. Okay. And was, then Jackson, Jackson, the converted defensive tackle who played center in 12, he was actually decent. But if you're going to look back like for the last dyed-in-the-wool center that we had, honestly, you probably have to go back to Jacob Hickman or Kurt Mann for decent centers. The other one from Fred I'm going to have some fun with, uh, um, Ethan Piper's Pit, where he interviews people and misses pass blocks and also hits them with uh, culturally inappropriate foreign objects. Oh, man. Fred, you're on. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. I love Fred, Fred's a regular. All so. right, Fred, I haven't been around in a while, so you have to forgive me. Is, is this your first live show, Hoss? No, we did some last year. Okay. Where most of it was talking about coaches. And, John, I remember specifically I mentioned Matt Rule's name in early October, and you said, no, he looks like an Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing smocks again. What it's, the hell? Short sleeve corners it, man. It's a shacket. Uh, here we go. The um, shacket? Okay. Clay with a little uh, tongue-in-cheek. You know, another good read for Husker fans is how battered housewives still love their husbands. That's what being a Husker fan has been like. <laughs> that one hits close to – well, no pun intended. That one has felt <laughs> I don't know. I I married a Nebraska girl, and I can guarantee you she could kick the shit out of me any day of the week. So, but it, it's uh, okay. What? It's wounded dog syndrome. Be- yeah. it, it's literally we're all terrified. There, there's a lot of us that are terrified to go into this game against Colorado because all we can think about is the worst things possible happening. No, you just got to go in there so- and restore the order. Restore the order. When was that used? 2005, Nebraska, Colorado. Was Little it? Cal- okay. Man. Remember the Restore the Order shirts? Yes, I do. Wasn't there – maybe a friend of the show, Josh, can answer. There, I, was there a Restore the Order sledgehammer, or am I thinking of a different school? Honestly, that kind of sounds like that might have been something that Bill Callie – the sledgehammer, <laughs> the shirts, and putting up the buffalo head in the locker room in the week leading up to that game. <laughs> All right, I'm going you know, since we're talking about Colorado and a lot of people are Colorado. A lot of people, I'm not saying just necessarily in the comments, but just in general, we can't we can't do anything. We're not gonna be able to beat them. I'm gonna say this for people that maybe weren't did we talk about it in the first three minutes, or was it just before we started the show, John, where you're talking about Colorado TCU? Oh, uh, we were we talked about it uh before the show. All right. Uh, We talked about mesh mesh routes and how they didn't adjust before the show. I don't think we brought that up since. Perfect. 
a couple comments I want to touch on before we dive into that. Josh Hansen, or wait, John Schmidt, Nebraska is going to beat the Buffalo so bad this weekend, you'll think it's the 1870s. Man. <laughs> Must be a fan of Buffalo Bill Cody, man. You know what? If if we win on Saturday, I'm going to drink some Coors Banquet and listen to James McMurtry's song, No More Buffalo. Hot repeat. <laughs> uh, Fred, Billy C, when he ran a slip screen to pork chop and we beat a very average shit CU team, Billy C act like he beat the 85 Bears. Yeah, that was – I got to agree with Billy C. That was one of my all-time favorite Husker wins. 30-3, man. Uh, but to Josh's point, TCU's tackling was terrible. Um, TCU is not a good football team. They were in 2022. They are not this year. They lost it- Riley to Clemson. Max Duggan's no longer there. Quentin Johnson's gone. They returned one starter in their defensive front. And for whatever reason, they had they made the national championship game last year with the 91st ranked scoring defense in America. They still probably are going to have the 91st ranked scoring defense in America this year because they refused to adjust to what Colorado was doing. Their coverage shells and their defensive fronts look completely mismatched. They left slot receivers open. Their linebackers didn't know how to pass off running backs in coverage. And honestly, if TCU would have committed to running the football, they were averaging 7.1 yards per carry. To borrow a phrase from Nick Saban, they were running through Colorado like shit through a tin horn. TCU wins this game, and all we're talking about is Colorado put on a good showing for themselves. We played a superior opponent last Thursday than what Colorado played in Fort Worth, Texas. Minnesota would beat TCU. And you think I, so? I think so. TCU is not who they were last year. Sonny Dykes, you know, people want to talk about coaches, you know, or kind of who they thought they were, you know. Uh, Scott Frost, for instance, is going to lose you – lose a game in the fourth quarter you know Sonny Dykes his teams historically have always been great offense no defense that's why it was you know so shocking last year where he makes a run to the national championship game so I'm thinking it's the same Sonny Dykes that got his ass ran out of town at Cal Berkeley because they couldn't stop anybody you know and so TCU is not a good football team and yet they should have won the game they probably should have won that game by about 17 to 21 points so Turnovers. Colorado, props, you know, like it's what they did is not easy to do. They blended a team of 86 new players together and they went and, you know, they didn't get intimidated psychologically by the prospect of playing TCU. They went in there and they played their game. They are very talented. There's nothing to take away, you know, Shadur Sanders or, you know, Dylan Edwards, Jimmy Horn, or Travis Hunter. They're great players, but let's not act like TCU's the 85 Bears either. So, so speed, to- speed on Colorado. You mentioned all the players that have speed, except Sanders, and he's a quarterback, so he doesn't need that much. He just yeah, needs to be He's slippery. mobile enough, though. Does can, can Nebraska's defensive backs keep up with all these guys? You know – I'd, I would have liked to have seen Minnesota take some more deep shots in the game, not complete them, obviously, but take them to kind of get a good idea of what we do coverage-wise. But we were able to really limit them to the underneath passing game, you know, and then we were able to get pressure with our front seven, including a few coverage sacks, you know, with the coverage held up on the back end. 
But all in all, I think that our linebackers are going to be able to defend that short passing game that Colorado really made their hay on. People want to talk about the bombs that, like, Travis Hunter dropped, you know, or some of the deep throws to Jimmy Horn. But where they really made their hay was those short passes, like on Super Mesh to uh, Dylan Edwards. Well, if your linebackers know how to pass those guys off, um, you shouldn't have a problem. You know, it's like – it's. The banjo call, you know, okay, he goes this way, you know, if you're lined up with multiple receivers as a defender, if he goes in, the defender to my inside takes him. If his defender goes out, I take him instead of running into each other and trying to, you know, cover everybody man to man. And you're plus, so sexy that, when you talk like this. Oh, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the football acumen. It gets all the ladies, yeah. Oh. I mean, we talk enough. I know that's not true. <laughs> but no, Colorado, not, imp- not overly impressed with their running game. And granted, they didn't really have to really get after it in the run game department. But what I think is probably how they're going to attack Nebraska is I think they're going to probably test out how we defend those short passes. And I think they're probably – going to try to stay away from the run game as much as possible because they're still pretty light up front. I don't think they're – I mean, our defensive line played at as high of a level on Thursday night as we've seen in a long time. I mean, I said it to Greg on Thursday – or last Friday. Ty Robinson was playing at an All-American level. Wow. And change of football that we saw, that was what playing at an All-American level looks like. Now, if, if I understand correctly, whereas some teams use the, the run to open up the pass or vice versa, you're thinking that it's going to be maybe 80, 80% pass from Colorado, but a lot of it may be using the, the short to intermediate and seeing if they can work in some some home run shots throughout the game. If they're able to run the football on us, though, and I'm just saying this, is, I don't think this will happen, but I'm just saying this you know, for the sake of you – know, posterity and clarity um if they're able to run the football we're fucked with their with their offensive playmakers if they're able to run the football it means that we have something systemically wrong if we're getting pushed around by their offensive line conversely on defense colorado's defense did not register a single sack or tackle for loss on chandler morris you know, so they were only one of two, a hundred two out of 130 teams this past weekend that didn't register a tackle for lost. That's like something that Eric Chenander or Bob Diaco would accomplish. Oh, we missed it. I didn't say it when I said at the beginning. TCU's defense looked like it was coordinated by the love child of Bob Diaco and Eric Chenander. You know, Bob so Chenander, I, Eric Diaco. I don't know. I want to throw this up there for you, Hoss. I think you'll appreciate it. Fred says uh, that Ty Robinson reminds him of Terry Keneally Light. Yes, I had to think that was a little bit. I was four when we won that national championship. <laughs> um, I had to think watching, you know, uh, replays. Obviously, I'm not sitting at four years old breaking it down, you know, going, nice uh, nice spike from the three technique there. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this. John, I I popped in last night to uh, Monday Night Therapy. I don't know how much you and Todd got into this. Bonehead decision by Ty Robinson to 
lower the helmet, uh, draw the penalty and the ejection because he will have to sit out the first half of Saturday's game against Colorado. But up to that point, you know, he was think about it, him and the polar bear up front is I, I was watching, you know, um, he, the benefit of DVR, right? Uh, you have the ability to watch the play and then go back and watch the play. And so seeing the, the ability uh, to get a little bit of pressure and I like bringing extra guys. I think it threw off a uh, Caliak Manis a little, you know, from time to time. Um, threw off some of his timing, got a little pressure on him there late as Minnesota had to get away from their game plan and, and try to throw the ball a little bit more. Um, but, you know, dialing up some some different looks, I I feel like the defense is poised to do something that nobody's nationally, and quite honestly, in, a lot of people in Husker Nation are not anticipating this weekend, and that's to ne- Nebraska to go in and, uh, uh, you know, unseat the, I don't even know if you can call it the, the big bad giant, but go in and, and take out, you know, take some of the wind out of uh, the stadium there in, in Boulder. Go score on the first play of the game like we have in yeah, Boulder so nice. many Yeah. Okay, Haas, what yes. are you going to do with Shadir Sanders? I mean, if you Honestly, blitz him all you got is a mobile quarterback. Honestly, I don't think we're going to have to blitz. I think we will be able to right. get pressure three or four. I So I think that probably you're probably the best route to go is get pressure with four, play some form of, you know, pattern match zone underneath, or you just trust your guys to make good calls and pass defenders off in man and um, not run into each other and run, you know, two, you know, cover two man under, you know, there's different ways that you could do it. You know, a lot of times you're just going to want to really make sure that you know what you're doing with Edwards trying to come out of the backfield because they will hit Edwards on a variety of routes. So right. what do you have five for one thirty-five? I think it was. I, I, I mean, it, it, I don't it was know. Something, he had he had a that beautiful that screenplay they had was beautiful. Yep. It was some insane stat line for the very first you know game that a kid's playing in his college career. So I think that you have to take your you have to pick your spots where you bring pressure. You can't just do it endlessly. You know, right. if it's a if it's a third and three to third and five where you're kind of expecting maybe a run you're kind of in that gray territory of what a team does on third down maybe blitz there but i don't want to be getting to third and 11 and then um northwestern hazing <laughs> this no, is look at the comments for god's sake this, this is going to be one just for <laughs> you uh watching on youtube if you're if you're listening to the podcast you're going to want to for uh f- fast forward about 45 minutes in wait this yeah 4408 uh, 44, thank you but go to youtube and check it i'm not going to read it this is just for the visual audience here well done fred take a bow sir we have a lot of great comments in here i want to try to touch them all uh fred stop please don't make a scott frost reference to co-eds because uh, i know that's what you're thinking but fred does ask a serious question and he even prefaces by saying serious question to haas correctable offensive stuff how long before we quit being the meatloaf Huskers, meaning two out of three ain't bad? <laughs> um, 
I think we'll see a big improvement on Saturday. I'm, I think that we'll run for at least 220 against Colorado. Will it be enough? If see 220, you're still in that gray area where you could run for 220 and you could still lose in a game. Right. If you wanted to ask me what number would I be willing to, what number of rushing yards would it be, would it take for us to, for me to guarantee where a win? 280, 300. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's see. More. So Josh said this early. Uh, says, I'm late to the party. Thought the show was going to be Friday. So good to see you, Haas. Uh, I think at one point, Haas, weren't you uh, kicking around the idea of an X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's type of uh, uh, whiteboard show? Yeah, yeah I, that or doing some writing again. I know uh, John You know, probably is like, oh, God, we can't get rid of this guy at court. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You're horrible. When are you going to yeah. start writing the X and O's, break down the offense stuff? What the hell? After the Colorado game. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think we're going to be able to run the football against Colorado. Um, a big, big thing that I'm concerned with, being able to run it in the red zone and convert in short yard situations because I think everybody saw Travis Hunter's interception against Colorado where yeah. – to the boundary, he plays the crossing route on his side and uh, carries the receiver inside and then backs off of it and picks off the rail, running back rail route. I really don't want to be in a situation where Jeff Sims' throwing ability is called into question against Travis Hunter, um, mainly because yeah. of the fact that our receivers will also struggle to get open. And I don't really care for our – passing game selection in those yardage situations in the red zone. So I'd rather keep the ball on the ground and not not put it in Travis not potentially put it in Travis Hunter's hands. I've become what I once despised. So <laughs> I will say that I'm going to be I'm going to be wearing a run the damn ball shirt on Saturday. <laughs> and you're supposed to send one to me if I remember correctly. Uh, bbbprinting.com. Yeah, sir. yeah that, see, that, see, that's not I, sending I, it to me. That's that's I making posted me go. It, I posted uh, run the fucking ball on yeah. Twitter last week. Uh, I have right a run the damn ball shirt, and I, you know, yeah. it just feels right to break it out for this game. Yeah, because if we run the football and we execute at a level like cleaning up what we missed on Thursday, 250 to 300 yards and controlling the game is well within reason. Uh, by the way, Josh is here with a correction. I said X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. He says it would, would have been called whiteboards and black shirts with Professor Offense. Offense. You know, I, when I was signing up for Corn or SB Nation again, doc, the uh, screen name Doctor Offense was taken. Oh, there's no justice. <laughs> I was like, who? Uh, let's see some more of these. Uh, all right, a few more questions that kind of go back to. Um, Last Thursday's game, uh, 005 S. Miller says, why not use the fullback in the last five minutes of the game for an extra blocker? Well, we did. H-back, fullback, you know, it's just a matter of where they line up. Okay. But, no, I, I like yeah, the head. You know, the problem, the, the problem with it. using a fullback is you're just pulling another defender inside. 
I don't think people realize this. This is about math. If, if you pull another guy inside as a fullback, the defense is pulls another guy inside too. So, you know, well, it's, like, you can't just say, well, we'll use the fullback and everything's okay. I like that heavy set that we showed with um, Jenkins as the extra tight end, then Berkacher, and then Lyndon Meyer or Fedoni. And having that surface, I mean, at that point you're creating, let's see, a three, a five-man surface to the right of the center, that's extra gaps that it creates. And so that's extra gaps that you're spreading the defense out along the line of scrimmage. Inside gaps are opening up. So if you're running power inside zone or duo, cutback lanes with the back reading his aiming point and then seeing an opening cut in the other direction is going to be more likely than following a fullback, which following a battering ram fullback is always a really good idea. But um, just don't, don't, look, time, don't look that it, way. It, it could take you right to the play. That's what I, I feel like a newscaster tried to do a uh, live shot. Wade Farr admits that uh, he's late and asks if we can start over. No. <laughs> wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be what KU's former head coach, Mark Mangino, was doing? All right. Uh, let's see here. Wow. James Marshall says the three-three-five defense may not be a good idea for the Big Ten, but can see it really helping against Colorado. Your thoughts on the three-three-five, Haas or John? I mean, like it's cool when Haas is here because he's smarter than me, and you know, <laughs> easy. I, I do a lot of knuckle dragging, dumb things in my life. That's um, I think it's made for the Big Ten. Uh, one of my yeah. things that I think one of my favorite things about the three-three-five that I noticed other teams in the NFL when they were doing it. And Rule also mentioned that he did that at, this at Carolina. Um, at Carolina, they kind of became more of a five-down defensive front, meaning you know they played their outside linebackers right on the line of scrimmage to go from three to five, and it functioned more like a 5-1-5 five, five defense. And the New England Patriots have had a lot of success with that, um, you know, probably from – I'd say 2014 to about 2018, 2019. And that's a scheme that in the Big Ten, that covers up a lot of gaps on a pre-snap basis. So you're not just having Iowa mow you down at the point of attack, you know, like you're watching, you know, I don't know, what's a good movie with, the, you know, a tidal wave, uh, day after tomorrow. We'll go with that, you know. Tidal <laughs> wave roll through. Um so, yeah, five, I, I like the three three five. I think that it's going to take some time for us to really see what that defense is truly capable of until we get a top-flight pass rusher a la like a Randy Gregory. Or I won't say Lawrence I Taylor. But we all know Lawrence Taylors don't grow on trees. Right. I, I think the thing is, is the big team, you know, we always talk about the big 10 and there's a lot of people that still have this three yards and a cloud of dust thing stuck in their hand. Wide open. We got air raid coordinators yeah. at Wisconsin, yeah. And Illinois, or yeah, Wisconsin, Illinois and Purdue. Now who knows what direction Northwestern moves in this next year. Mandy uh, Gregory's I don't, the they're just, John, can you read this one? I, uh, Daniel Scott says, is Shadur the best Colorado quarterback since Cordell Stewart? I All I want to do, I, I, I sent it to you specifically because of the way you, all night long you've been pronouncing a Sanders' first name. And Shittier. Shittier. Shittier Sanders. So, Shittier? Shittier. Shittier. <laughs> but no, you had to do it the right way. 
You, in, know, you know, Cordell Stewart had that deer yep. in the headlights look every time he played Nebraska. So I was hoping somebody would think of this comparison. You know, be careful, John. You, you're going to want to pronounce his name the right way because if you don't pronounce it the right way, I bet Deion Sanders probably will call you out in a post game interview. He'll keep the receipts. <laughs> he does like his receipts. He'll keep the. He'd say, "We're coming to your house with the receipts. Yep. Make you pronounce the names right." You know, I, I just want to say this. You know, like I'm going to channel my inner Denny Green here. It's one game, one yeah. game, and everybody's ready to crown their ass. You know, it's like they're good. I'm not trying to take away anything from what they accomplished, but this is still a team that went one and eleven last year. You know, it's it's a total changeover with different players. I like the staff that they have. I think Sean Lewis is a great great offensive mind. Charles Kelly had had success at Florida State as the defensive coordinator. But at the end of the day, it's one game, and the reactionary nature of college football proves time and again that it's too volatile because one game, you know, you pull off an upset, the next game, you know, you get your ass kicked. I was trying to find a more eloquent yeah, but you way. Think, to- look at the media. Yeah, sorry, look at the right? media right now. You, you had one guy out there saying that Deion Sanders in Colorado might be the greatest sports story in history. Somebody actually said that. Was it David Ubin? Is, uh, you know, our David, buddy yeah, David, David Ubin. Ubin. I forgot about that name. Ubin, Ubin. See, it's, there's another thing. Rubin. Uh, he, he used to cover the Big 12 and be like a Texas fanboy, and now he's, you know, he's, he's Colorado fanboy. So it's, it's kind of interesting. No, hey, lock him up is here. I assume I assume it's a she, but I don't know. Yeah, we I keeping them receipts, baby. Fan. We got you. She, uh, Colorado fan. Uh, you know, Monday night we had a lot of Colorado fans, and you know I welcome them. Come on Why in. Not? Hell yeah! I was at full yeah, back this college July football. Dead and company. Great. Honestly, probably the prettiest campus in America. So, got a lot to be proud of. Um, Let's change the topic for that. I do want to say, I do want to point out James Marshall. It's a program that went 1-11 last year. They're clearly a totally overhauled organization. There's a lot of of truth in that sentiment, James. Um, 1-11 last year, just like TCU made the national championship game last year. But at some point, group dynamics comes into play, and I just don't know if that leadership is – long term and if it can you know last through adversity when that strikes let's just put it that way that's a very nice way of saying that you're very diplomatic yeah i mean like are you on the right show you know hey you know what i extend it i extend the olive branch at times all right we're not that good at the smack talk well uh, too much i'm just too much of an x's and o's nerd all right, let me let me. I was like, yeah, well, your team likes to run inside zone on third and three. If you if you, I, in in my younger days, I talked a lot of shit. Uh, but here's the thing: if you if you call your opponent like the the worst football team in the country, be it the results of last week or any week or not, and you win, congratulations, you beat what you've been deemed, you know considering the worst football team in the country. But if you lose to what the team, then you've been calling the worst 
football team in the country, then how does that make you look? Don't get me wrong. I like the shit talk. Red. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, comments. We have a lot of comments. Uh, we're going to move on. Uh, let's see. Uh, James Boardman said earlier, uh, being scared of Colorado shows how weak some of our fan base has become. Agreed. You and know, I they've been beat up a lot. We we've been. Let's be. It. Let's. It's been a rough. Let's be graceful to them. I already beat them up in one of my videos. So, Jackie Atterbury <laughs> says, twenty-five years of losing. We should be scared of losing to anyone. I don't know about scared. I mean, we should be used to. You it. know. <laughs> I don't know you about know what? Yeah, I, scared is. A, you guys listen to the Joel Clap podcast? Uh, no. No, it's a damn good one. It's I. I oh, Joel Clatt. Yeah. Joel Clatt, the yeah. uh, former quarterback, wasn't he an announcer? Yeah, for the Buffs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's he had a bitch. point about in coaching in general. Treat winners like losers and losers like winners. Winners need to get back to the grind. Always need to get back to the grindstone. Losers need a little bit of confidence. Well, unfortunately, our program. We as a fan base, we are the latter rather than the former. And so we just need a little bit of confidence. We need to get out of our slump. We need a we need a slump buster. We need to play Colorado and beat their ass. That's yeah, what we, we need. need. We need to win on Saturday. Win on Saturday. Yep. Uh, let's see. More comments here. John, you watch the live comments so that I can uh, pick up some of these no. uh, starred ones. Uh, Cornhusker Corner, we talked about you earlier. Sorry for throwing you off uh, last Thursday with my uh, tape delay tweeting. Says, my bad, I'm late. Let's go beat those buffs. One game does not tell the whole story. We'll find out who they really are. I'm suspicious that our trenches are, trenches are way better than theirs. Oh, yeah. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Uh, another one who was late, uh, but that's okay. Better late than ever. Um, I feel like I just set Fred up for something. Uh, Brando's Sports World said, just joining. Glad uh, to see Wild Hoss making an appearance. Hope all is well. Guys, we're going to beat – guys, we are going to beat Colorado. Our secondary looked good, predicting three interceptions on Saturday morning. Oh, I like the three interceptions. I'll have three Coors Banquets by Saturday morning, too. <laughs> I, I feel like you're making a mistake by supporting a Colorado – brewery it's always been my beer man i know we we talked now you were drinking course banquets on friday night when we did our show i was drinking uh these yinglings it's america's oldest brewery i want to say that if you or someone you know owns a nebraska brewery i'd be more than happy to drink your beer right here on the five heart show so send me some reach out uh, reach out uh, uh, via the social media channels uh, and I'll be more than happy to get you my address if you if you're allowed to ship beer across state lines I don't know how it works anymore I, I think it's not 1931 okay Volstead acts dead and gone yeah and and you know what you don't have to uh, uh, jump into Trans Am to uh, get some Coors banquet from uh, Texarkana to take it back to Atlanta because they, you're able to sell. I don't know why anybody wants to, but you're able to buy Coors Banquet on the east side of the Mississippi. Yeah. Damn good beer, Nectar of the Gods. Had it on tap first time in my life when I was out for, there for that dead show. I'm so sorry. Uh, Clay uh, says, "Is it sad to think Zach Lee would have won that game last week?" No, Zach Lee was a good quarterback for you. Was a good quarterback. What about Tanner Lee? 
Okay, you know what? People always are saying he's a workout warrior. He threw all his interceptions. Once he settled into that offense in 17, he was throwing the football at a very high level. Threw for 400 yards twice in the last, what, six games of 2017. Um, he, that offensive scheme did not give him the support that it needed. I mean, when, you, when you're basically running a 90s pro-style offense in 2017 college football – you're not going to have much, you know, success with when you're not using a spread running game. So if we would have been operating out of a pro style spread, he would have thrown for a shit ton of yards and probably eliminated the mistakes. And you know, but hell, what do I know? Dude's not in the NFL anymore. Like I've been wrong before. It's just my opinion. Clay also uh, asks who on offense steps up. I'm saying find a way to keep Ramirez on the field all day. If not running back, then running back. I think Irvin. I think Clay, Irvin Clay. probably becomes a load for uh, Colorado to tackle late in the game. I mean, wouldn't mind seeing Irvin run over Travis Hunter. What if about Thomas Fedoni? Fedoni's blocking needs a lot of work. So right. I think that he would probably be better off. We'd be better off as an offense to use him like they use – Travis Kelsey in the NFL. I'm not, now, before I go any further, I'm not saying Thomas Fedoni is Travis Kelsey. But NFL teams, they like to use really athletic tight ends as the F receiver in their offense, the big F. And so using him in that way more as a big slot receiver, much like how Utah used Dalton Kincaid, who's now with the Buffalo Bills, that's probably what we need to do to get him on the field. Because I think if you're going to ask him to – be an H-back or an inline tight end. Um, I just don't think that his blocking is at a level that, you know, we can reliably use him at that spot right now. So find a way to get him on the field. It's probably going to be out of necessity at this point because our receiver room continues to get even thinner with now the loss of Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda. Um, I mean, you hope that Jalen Lloyd and Malachi Coleman can grow up in a hurry. I think Alex Bullock is actually a pretty good player. I think that he's going to develop into a good one. Heinrich Harburg. Harburg, I think that, you know, you need to find a way to get him on the field as much as possible. Why can't we run packages like I've been saying for 15 years? Nobody loves me. Like uh, how Florida used Tebow as a true freshman situationally. Yeah, Yeah, I've I've been saying the same thing. I think Nebraska wins the national championship in 2010. If they use Zach, if Zach Lee's the starter, speaking of Zach Lee, and if Taylor Martinez is the situational run game quarterback, yeah. I'll die on that hill. No, nobody does this there that much. Would we speaking have won? Brando Sports World, this is actually a really good point. Um, would we have won the, that game against Minnesota with uh, Casey? With Thompson. Casey Thompson at quarterback. We don't have the burners at receiver anymore, but he's a gamer. I don't think he would have thrown three blatant 90s. I was reading the updated comment. Oh, sorry. N04. Yeah. Um, honestly, my opinion, I think we're dead in the water with Casey at quarterback against Minnesota. Um, yeah. Sims's running ability opened up a lot of the offense because that first drive before he ripped off that long run, it was just looking like Minnesota was going to be able to play us exactly how they wanted us to, you know, stack the line of scrimmage, stack the box, sit in two high safeties. Don't let anything get behind them. And 
him being the runner that he is, that extra blocker, extra gap that it creates, I think that um, we, I think Sims is our best shot to win on Saturday still, or last Thursday still. Um, Casey, I think it would have looked a lot like the Illinois game last year where we were just dead in the water. Um, as far as Cornhusker Corner saying about uh, from 10.05, um, hell, we would have won that game on Thursday with Adrian. Your brother said that. On I got other- you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Uh, no, I was going to say I, I highlighted the wrong one. We yep. would have won that game on Thursday with Adrian Martinez. My brother said that the other day on our show. That's right. Let's not forget. There, I don't know if you know this out there, uh, you in the audience. There's more than one Husker podcast. <laughs> I, I only recognize one. We're, we're biased. No, I, uh, Corn Husker Corner, <laughs> I'm going to check you guys out. Um, but, you know, uh, well, I don't want to skip ahead. I want to answer this question. Um, Which one? The one that Corn Husker Corner had. I want to answer that question truthfully and not, you know, sarcastically because. This one? Yeah, or no, 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 the Adrian Martinez. God darn it. Yeah, come on, okay. Greg. Come on. I, I can't read your mind. We're, we're, we're off. Our chemistry is off. I'm sorry. Hey, let's look a little professional here, okay? Oh, you know? Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, Adrian, like I'm, I'm conflicted on this one because, again, the plays that that dude made all the time, you know, are – well noted, but at the same time, God, his ability to drop the ball on the carpet or throw a pick at the worst time was just uncanny. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like it's almost the same thing you get with Jeff Sims in that regard. And Brando Sports Rule says, I see your point, Haas. They had to take account of Sims' uh, dual threat ability. In other words, uh, we need to hope Sims gets it all together mentally. He's going to have to make passes more consistently soon. I think if we decide what just to stick to our identity on offense that we discovered works outside zone, counter, quarterback counter, quarterback run game, I think that if we decide to use Sims on rollouts, bootlegs, play action, built off of the those plays, I think that he'll be a lot more successful. You can't expect him just to sit in the pocket and make plays in the passing game against, you know, Minnesota running a single high safety and man under with receivers that struggle to get open. I mean, those, I don't want to bag on anybody and, you know, too much, but that, that might've been one of the more disappointing games from Nebraska receivers that I've seen in a long time. There was no separation whatsoever. There's no separation. You could see that in the stands. I mean, they're like, what the hell? It looked like watching, you know, like a big time, you know, class a high school playing against a smaller class high school i mean it just there's nothing there um you know we lack some height in the on the in the receiving room you know especially like billy kemp's great in terms of you know lateral quickness short area quickness but you know there were times that you know sims overthrew him he's just not tall enough you know and so a lot of a lot of opportunities to figure out where we want to go in the passing game i'd like you can always you know you can always use premier because like Ramirez comes out of the backfield on third and fourteen and catches kind of a little Marshall Falk option route, and it was very well, you know, well designed. Just get the ball out to him, you know, let him make a play. And I know what was his name? Um, I'm gonna butcher it, and I apologize. Asawar, Asawar. 
Is this the one you want highlighted? Yeah, Asabar Sajid. Thank you, John. Um, Janaran, Janiran. I'm going to go with Janiran. Janaran. Janaran. Oh, Black Betty, Janaran. Uh, <laughs> Janaran Bonner has to be the starter on offense. I think we use the fullback as a package. What I like about Bonner is he kind of reminds me of Kyle Juszczyk from the San Francisco 49ers. Fullback, yes, but he's athletic enough to play all sorts of positions and run routes out of the backfield or from the line of scrimmage. So I am in full agreement here. I think that that would probably be open up the offense a little bit more than playing Lieb and Tritt at fullback. You know, you can always use those receivers to run guys off into the, if they're not going to get open, you just, you know, well, run you know, the defensive backs up the field and there you go. The one thing that I thought about today is Dion wanted Malachi Coleman pretty badly. Yeah. Let's get him developed, you know, that kind of talent developed and show the rest of college football why Dion wanted him. Speaking of, uh, just I still think the best play is to have Malachi lift weights and eat his way into being a top flight pass rusher. But that I put more of an importance on having great pass rushers than great receivers. Justin asked about, you know, do we play Coleman now that uh, uh, IGC is out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think him I and Jim so. would. Yeah. Really wish Xavier Betts could have stuck it out. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, it crossed my mind, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to relitigate the whole thing with, you know, Mickey Joseph last November on, you know, whatever day that was. But maybe if, you know, that was true that he was going to be retained as receivers coach, you know, maybe Trey Palmer is still on this roster. Well, think about Don't this do that. Yeah. Hey, I'm a Husker fan. I'm well versed in what ifs. And, I'm and, a Husker fan born in 1990, you know, so of course I am. And not only not only uh, Xavier Betts, but there's a chance that Alante Brown might not be in the condition that he's in if he were still in Lincoln. That was hard to believe that Mel Tucker put him out there. Remember, we <sighs> clowned on Mel Tucker on this podcast his first year at Colorado. Yes, I do. Oh, Mel Tucker's a real. Uh, there was a there was a comment in here. I got to scroll back up and find it real quick. Uh, oh, Fred says uh, Black Betty reference from Haas, so he's not all X's and O's. Nope. Uh, lots of Betty Janaran. <laughs> Many... I'm willing to bet that if he makes a play, if Janaran Bonner makes a big play, I bet Gus Johnson pulls out the Black Betty. <laughs> Minnie asks it now. She did uh, correct herself by mentioning uh, Robinson, but who will replace Robinson in the first half? Is that going to be more of a Gunnarsson? No, because Gunnarsson. Well, let me, let me. I'm trying to think of how we kind of align in our base package because you had Huttmacher at the nose. He plays the zero technique. Gunnarsson on one side, then Ty on the other. Honestly, probably Cameron Lenhart. Yeah. You know, and let me tell you, that he's going to be a dude. He's going to be a really good player. And I'm going to say this. I think Nick Henrich might have got Wally pipped. John Bullock played a great game at linebacker. You and your references, my God. Hey, man. It's a podcast, ain't it? Okay. Can I select a couple? Oh, sure. Yeah. Let's hang out. James Marshall, the upcoming game is the biggest regular season non conference Nebraska game that I can remember. It's not the one I would have gone with, but okay. 
I would say – Yeah, whatever. I, I agree with James. That in 2019 Colorado. I, the, I think the Deion Sanders hype is just so – oh, my God. Let's really – hey, I'd really like to see us force Travis Hunter to come up and make tackles on our running backs and see if he decides to shy away from contact just like his head coach did. How about that for a <laughs> But I, I think it's – I mean – I on Monday night we posted a tweet from a guy who was a TV guy I think and uh, covered TCU and he pointed out that Deion Sanders during the game had 56 references to Sonny Dykes 10 and there are so many references to Neon Sanders and or Deion Sanders and so many you know just the the all overall I mean it's everywhere You know what we need to get it done on Saturday It'd be a great opportunity to, you know, I'm not going to say it's like Bo Pelini's Nebraska's back and we're here to stay, but it'd be great publicity for the program. Owen Walker, John, remember how I said the 2001 CU game was when we started our fall from grades? Too many people have said that. Can this game be the start of our rise with a oh, win? Oh, that'd be, it'd be poetic. History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme, Owen. Mark Twain said that one, John. <laughs> you were old enough to know him. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, well, he never said that to me. He always kept his best lines for his fucking writing, son of a bitch. I'm going to jump in here. Uh, Asawar asked, do you think our secondary depth and experience could match up to the wide receivers that Colorado has? Yeah, I think so. I think Omar Brown is a big-bodied corner. Um, I think Hartsog, he got a really uh, tough education last week on what a wily veteran can do um, at receiver. And I think that that'll probably serve him well in the long run. Um, from the safety spot, I really like Deshaun Singleton. Um, I think that kind of length at safety is good for covering receivers like Horn or Travis Hunter. Um, it'll be a good matchup. It'll be a really good matchup. Bigger at Homestead asks, uh, who was more impressive on defense? Was it Deshaun Singleton or Omar Brown? And since you just I, mentioned Singleton, I figure it's a good time to pull this one from the starred comments. I have not seen a Nebraska DB make a break on a ball quite like Brown did on that interception to snuff out a scoring opportunity for Minnesota. I think Omar Brown is – I, and it's not to take away anything from Deshaun Singleton. He played a great game. But Omar Brown was very impressive. All right, I'll find another one. I thought John was going to step in here. No, I, I'm sorry. I had to. I had to take care of a quick question. No, I want to. Point point like Ca Caleb Ward. Caleb Ward. Yeah. I'm on it. Is it the uh, Iowa? I, I hate Iowa. Yep. Yeah, I, I know I trash Iowa all the time, but God, do I hate Colorado. Uh, when we lost to them in 2018, I was at that game in Lincoln when Adrian Martinez looked like the second coming of Robert Griffin the third. And directly after that game, I had Iowa fans that I know texting me, talking shit. And that was when I realized that as a Husker fan, hell is pointed, hell is painted black and gold. No shit, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hate both of them. I mean, like Iowa is a whole nother level just because of being in Omaha and you know familiarity and proximity breed contempt. But when I think about the shit talking that Colorado fans engage in. It's just like, yep, I remember why I despise you guys. 
Minnie, I've got your uh, uh, most recent comment start here, but uh, Clay says that Omar resembled Prince Amukamara to him. I can see that. Shades That's of the Prince who just more, retired, if I remember correctly. Builds. He did. Retired a giant. Um, and then Minnie says that uh, Dion's interview with Undisputed, he said his team gets 2% better every day, and at least he's good at math. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Minnie. Come back all by the way. By the way, I will be I will be talking to Big Red Homestead this Thursday. So, which is another podcast. reason why we're doing the show on Tuesday. That and Hoss, yeah. where are you going to be on Thursday? I am going to be in Kansas City watching the Chiefs hoist a banner and beat the Detroit Lions, which I'm actually very nervous about that game. Can I say this? Speaking of my Chiefs fandom, you know, and Husker fandom, I've been a Chiefs fan since 2003. And so I saw some lean years, and the Super Bowls are great. Still, though, I always tell people the same thing about being a Husker fan and a Chiefs fan. I would trade those two Super Bowls away for just one Nebraska Big Ten West championship. Just one. And not I'm not even saying conference, just a division. You know, the emotion, you know, my love of Husker football is always going to outpace my love for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in here real quick. Friday night says, "Where is Todd?" Todd. Pod. <laughs> Todd does the Monday night show with me. We're gonna have different shows. And actually, Saturday, here's what's gonna happen Saturday. I'll do a post game reaction video. Connor at Corn Craze is gonna go live from Colorado, 15 minutes after the game, and do a live show for an hour. And then after that, Brian Anderson, who's a new guy at Corn Nation, and I are gonna do a new. A, a live show for a while, and we're just going to see how that goes. And you guys can anybody, any, anybody, you guys can join us. Greg uh, Haas can join us. Anybody from Coronation can join us during the live show. Uh, anybody that's Coronation staff person, not people in the comments section. Right. Sorry. So let me ask you this, John. Let's have yes. this. Let's have this production meeting right out in front of everybody. Okay. Uh, are you going to be? Curtain, are you going to be calling your show the Coronation overreaction and using the? Uh, the artwork and graphic and the introduction that I tirelessly no. and meticulously put together rather than no. spending time with my family. And I built no, all this for no, you. No, we're not going to call it that. Good. Then we'll do our own damn show. You know, I think one of the radio stations stole it, stole that from us after we started that originally. I'm not oh, surprised. Big red overreaction. Yeah. No, that thing's been around since like 2012. No, no, no. Ours is corn nation overreaction. Yeah. So well, that thing's been around for a long time. You're supposed to agree with me, Haas. That's how this goes. Uh, I'm an Omaha guy. Let's do a lot of sixteen twenty. I think okay. uh, Dion and Fred are both on the uh <laughs> yeah, I same, don't wanna I don't same path. Uh sorry. Uh, Fred and, and I'm gonna paraphrase Fred and, and Dion. I'm gonna highlight it, but basically they're saying that Todd's over on his OnlyFans, his only Husker fans account, um making the ladies happy. Oh my god. <sighs> All right. Um, more, more, more start comments. Let, let's let's go back and then we'll go forward and we'll kind of do this all over the place. Uh, Josh, if you're still with us, I don't know. You've been quiet. I wonder how much of Grant's fumble issues are him trying to get his running style changed from dancing where there should be a hole to getting north and south faster. He's just thinking out loud. I mean, the, the particular fumble. Contact. Say that again, Hoss. I'm sorry. I think I a lot of it comes from that contact, that linebacker run through right at the line of scrimmage. You know, it took a hell of a hit. He kept going. Great physicality to stay on his feet. But, you know, that threw him off where instead of having the ball, you know, 
against his chest, five points of contact, elbow, chest, shoulder, wrist, hands. Uh, it's way out here. And so at that point, I think he just reverted back to his baseline. By God, there that's what we'll call Saturday's live show. What's what? that? Five points of contact. Five points of contact. There you go. Don't nah, don't be gimmick infringement on my number five here. That's Courtney John's bathroom on losses. Uh, John Josh is here. He says coronation from John's bathroom on losses. I don't know uh, what if we win. We haven't seen enough of those. That that's fair. Um, all right, some more star comments here. Uh, I'm trying to scan them real quick. Make sure that we're all done with looking backwards. Um, Blaine says uh, hello, Blaine. Gents, do you see any major notable changes to the lineup for our next game? If if we do, we're not going to know them because the depth chart that was released is the same one that came out at the beginning of the season. I could I could see us maybe going with Janner and Bonner. That fullback. Um, other than that, I'm kind of I don't have any gripes against any of our defensive personnel, so don't really see anything there. All right. I think that you know they're just going to have to play receivers and see who plays. Chuba Purdy's supposed to be one of the most uh, athletic guys on the team. Throw him out there. Uh, let's see here. Blaine Cole did ask uh, uh, if you haven't already covered it. How do you rate the coaching from top to bottom against Minnesota? Um, I probably should have left out the words top to bottom. I know what Fred's going to do, um, but let's talk about again. We know my biggest. I think Mark, he just Mark, went away. Milwaukee, Greg. I did nothing to him, just so everybody knows that. Um, should I just take over on this one? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm if you haven't already covered it, how do you rate the coaching top to bottom against Minnesota? Aside from some of the drives where Satterfield decided to throw the ball three straight times or we tried to go for the knockout shot to Tommy Hill that was overthrown, and I didn't like the – concept that was called uh, on the interception in the end zone trying to hit I think it was Isaiah Garcia Castaneda on a corner route when Nate Berkatcher was open on a snag route um, I would say I'd say it's solid 7 out of 10 top to bottom special teams was great They even on drives where the offense didn't score and we had to punt we flipped field position you know that was huge to you know, get out from the shadow of your own end zone like we did on the first right. drive and get out to, you know, the 35, then punt it instead of, you know, getting your ass owned in the field position game. Like, seems like Nebraska's done that every year since 2012. Okay, since I'm old, I get what Blaine Cole is doing here. Jan, 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 please kick their ass. That's uh, oh my God, uh, Barbara Ann, voice. Beach Boys. I know Yeah. That. Okay. There you uh, go. While you're at that, uh, one above is Caleb Ward, who says uh, Marcus Washington will get more catches, and I predict Billy Kemp is a factor on Saturday. I'd like to see. I'd like to see how Billy Kemp could be a factor. I'm not disagreeing with you, Caleb. So that was just worded poorly on my part. Uh, I'd like to see how Satterfield would use him from the slot position because that game plan on Saturday was so much like let's just get the 
get the ball, you know, to the playmakers in the running game. And Clay, um, no loss, should get a passing grade. They played really well, all things considered. Um, Four turnovers, too many. The penalties need to be cleaned up. But that that was still an effort that could have won the game. We took Minnesota out of what they wanted to do. We made them one-dimensional, and, you know, for 55 minutes, we got it done. So there's a lot to build on. Interesting one that I've not heard anybody talk about. I know – so I hate black and gold at the collegiate level, but I am a Steelers fan. Oh, that's right, you shit ass. <laughs> and I know going back a few years when, when he was, uh, you know, a, a safety – alongside Troy Polamalu, Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark had a, a, a disorder that affected him. He couldn't play at high altitude. But Wade Farr asks, will the altitude affect Nebraska? Well, if it does, they're not conditioned. You know, if it didn't affect Zach Duvall's uh, Soviet periodization and powerlifting team when we took him out there in 2019, <laughs> I don't think it will affect him. Uh, thank you, Brandos. Randall Sports Gross. World. Gross. Appreciate that. Um, Not many. <laughs> many asks, uh, what do you think about uh, T. Hill playing both offense and defense? I'd like to see him make some plays. Right now, it's just, you know, from a standpoint of we need bodies. <laughs> you know, anyone yeah. will do out there. Um, but he had a step on that DB. It's just we yeah. needed to get the ball there. And I think, to be fair to Jeff Sims, I think the defender kind of had Hill screened just right on, you know, trying to place that pass, but no, very athletic. You know, I think he could be big in the kick return game too. All right. So I want to address this real quick. Uh, Cause I did double check. Fred says, what, what does the disability not play at altitude? Uh, it was a uh, sickle cell, I believe. Um, and oxygen in the red blood cells. And uh, uh, going back, this is, an article from earlier in the year. It's on outsider.com, but uh, Clark revealed that he almost died uh, during a Steelers game in Denver in 2007. Uh, wow. Because of it. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm not making it up. All right. Let's, uh, let's knock out some more of these. I think I've addressed all the tagged comments that we're looking back. Uh, MK wants to know, everyone always says teams make the biggest jump from week one to week two. Where do you think Colorado may improve? You know, that's a, that's a really good point because, you know, we always talk about that. You always hear about that in college football or pro football, the big jump from week one to week two. And, you know, I think to an extent it kind of bit Scott Frost in the ass with the uh, – and I know Fred will have a comment on that one uh, – about <laughs> Akron being canceled before playing Colorado in 18. But I also think there's something to be said about CU's – performance in week one really kind of setting them up for a inevitable letdown in week two you know and i'm not saying like they're going to take nebraska they're not going to take nebraska lightly but you know the book is out on how to defend them you know they used a lot of their playbook in beating in beating tcu um as well as can you recover from that much of an emotional high in one week to go play a team that, you know, yes, it's your rival, but, you know, are, do you get too much into reading your press clippings? 
you know, and I hate that expression, but it's the best way to say, you know, or that, okay. You know, you don't get too self-congratulatory stuff like that. Blue diamond. I don't don't, don't know if it could, I, I don't know what else they could do to make a big jump from week one to week two. They, they had than, some stupid penalties. Other than just really coming out and dominating Nebraska. Yeah. You know, if they did that, you know, that'd be like, okay, you know, they, they're, le- you know, I'm not saying like we're so great. They got to prove they're legit, you know, against us. But if they put two of those in a row for a team that went one and 11 last year, that's another big jump from week one to week two. And blue diamond gem commented earlier, right? This can be a trap game for Colorado. I can see them lose against Nebraska, especially if Nebraska will actually game plan appropriately for once. RTDB. That's right. Is there anything wrong wrong with running the same dive play 60 times? Not if you're imposing your will upon them and snatching their souls. Do it until they stop it. Uh, James says that uh, Colorado was more physical than he expected. The speed didn't surprise anyone, but he was expecting some Pee Wee Hermans up front. TCU, I don't think they got challenged. No, TCU's defense is one of the one of the it, worst I've seen. It was just uh, they, they 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 didn't know what they were doing, and then because they didn't know what they're doing, they didn't do anything. It was weird. That whole um, game was kind of weird. Brando Sports World, that offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis, is a badass, though, man. He is a great coach. Love his schemes. I think they have more. They definitely could use Wandale Robinson Light, Dylan Edwards, even more in the run game. I would not be shocked if you start to see a lot of the counters and bash concepts that uh, Lewis ran at Kent State. Also, Sean Lewis is a fellow Squat-tober alumni along with yours truly. So, you know, I got to give Sean Lewis a tip of the hat there. That was quite okay. the uh, yeah devotional. Yep. <laughs> hey, anyone who does squat tober, you know we're simpatico. Uh, Owen Walker says uh, Colorado with eighty-two new players, Nebraska uh, with sixty-two, the most in the Big Ten. New coaches, new players. We still looked good. I don't disagree. I mean, I, the one thing I think that, and I've I talked about this before, but for those of you who relate, really impressed upon me upon watching the game and upon visiting with Hoss about it the night after is it's a winnable game. Those mistakes are, can be, those are internal mistakes. You know, there's not a whole lot of external factors that, that went against them that, um, you know, you can, you can not stare at the defender before you throw the pass. You can, you know, get the five points of contact. You cannot have some of those uh, procedural penalties. I think the only real external factor, and I don't, know if it got mentioned in the first three minutes was like i don't know maybe the official throws a flag on a false start that leads to a touchdown uh which we didn't really (laughs) get into at all minnesota Um, was illegally aligned on their first big completion of the game they didn't have seven men on the line of scrimmage deep square in route i think it was that um i think it was crooms or maybe span ford but yeah they they had two tight ends off the line of scrimmage. They had a slot receiver and then off the line, and then their X receiver is on. So they only had six men, and the refs didn't catch it. It was the uh, first game for them, too. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's why we need to have full-time refs in this sport. Too much money is at stake. You know, like Chip Kelly said, you know, weird game. Only had four drives in the first half. Hope you guys are selling a lot of commercials, though. Oh, my God. Have you seen what's happened to the drives and stuff? It's it's awful. 
It's yeah. awful. You're like four. I mean, if you get if it's late November in Memorial Stadium, it's Nebraska, Iowa, and the weather is absolute dog shit. I mean, you're looking at one team might have five possessions for the entire game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous because the, the games are still taking just as long because they backfilled yeah. it with commercials. And it's like, yeah. I don't want to see the Heisman House commercials anymore. I, I for sure yeah, don't want to hear the Burger King Whopper Whopper Triple Whopper song. I mean, like, that makes me go into a baleful rage at that point. You know, being at the game, it was it was it was like being in an NFL game. Yep. Stop. Except the NFL, you're just like you know. I mean, they're you're so used to that. Oh, it's a punt. Now the TV guy walks on the field. Oh, look, they're set lining up. Now the TV guy is on the field. You know, it got to be a running joke in the first quarter with my son and his friend, me pointing out the TV guy on the field. It was just like. Are we going to play football? Or are we just going to – what the hell? Yep. I think Minnesota Stadium did a good job with the music, but after a while you're kind of like, could we just right. get the play fucking the game. TV did, guy Did you the have field? the tater tot hot dish at the concession stand? <laughs> I I don't eat – I don't normally eat concessions. When, when I was there in 21, I was I told one of my buddies, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go grab a grain belt at the concession stand. <laughs> and somebody was like well, – a Minnesota fan sarcastically was like, you should get the tater tot hot dish. I didn't know that that's what a casserole is called up there in the Great White. Right. And I just look at my buddy and go, what the fuck is a hot dish? So, <laughs> we're off to a great start with the Minnesota fans. Um, there was, oh, here we go. <laughs> Sam Roberts Golf says that part of me thinks this loss uh, to Minnesota might have been one of the best things that could have happened to us if we were able to bounce back energetically. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. disagree. I, I don't disagree either. I think that there's a great opportunity to fix some shit. And be ready to roll into Boulder uh, and be ready to go. All right. Now is the time where uh, I've got a few more questions or there are comments here that uh, are started that I'm going to uh, pull up. Uh, John, be monitoring the live comments because uh, start telling us, leave your score prediction for Nebraska, Colorado in the comments. We will get to them. Uh, But while we're doing that, uh, Owen Walker says, let's keep it simple on Saturday. Let Irvin carry 20 carries and hold uh, Colorado at bay on defense, and I'll feel good about the W. Um, Sorry, Haas. I was just going to say Justin's comment is a good one. I may or may not get to that. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Sam Roberts Golf says Folsom Field is about to uh, be sunburned red because our red burns brighter. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, Let's see. Buffsker. 21 says, see you and Husker fan bases should enjoy the game together without drama. The key word there is should. Hey, I had a great time out in Boulder in 2019. Like, I had no, no issues with the Colorado fans. My buddy almost pulled the Lawrence Phillips and tried to scale the balcony to get to uh, a uh, CU undergrad that was talking shit from a dorm room. And so that would not have been good, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one from Sam Roberts Golf. After what we have seen, what do you think our ceiling is? Absolute ceiling, eight and four. I just want six and six and get to a bowl game. Go to a bowl game. Yeah, okay. just it's okay. Uh, Brando Sports World says Nebraska's first top 25 win uh, this Saturday since? Oregon 2016. That's a long time. Yep. That's a long time ago. 
Haas or not Haas. John, you were like a hundred back then. Yeah. yeah. I completed an entire undergraduate degree and an entire master's since then. Yeah. Oh, God, God. Yeah. How hard you have to put it like that? No, dude, you know what's even worse? Last year I was in Iowa City and we finally won. I realized I went to a year of community college, did an undergrad, and completed a master's program in the time it took us to finally beat Iowa. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's not a, a prediction, but it is an interesting question from Justin. Would you guys be open to a one preseason game in college to help diminish the, the week ones and uh, help finalize some depth charts? Absolutely. You know, if we stop opening against the fucking Big Ten, that's what college football would be. I mean, pretty much that's what everybody did. I, I, I would absolutely be in favor of it, and I was actually – I'd take it a little step further, and I think you could almost – if you cut down on a little bit of the practice time in fall camp, you could probably do three preseason games and you could structure it like the NFL where you have, you know, first couple of games where it's just guys, you know, developmentally trying to get better Then that third preseason game. You have your starters in a little bit more. Um, I think that, you, you know, they're taking a lot of hits already and a lot of wear and tear doing the full on scrimmages on yeah. Saturdays in fall camp through August. I don't think it would be all that much different. Sorry. Was I supposed to star the uh, – No, I'm doing it. I'm Good doing job, it, John. Greg. Good job. I'm, I'm wearing many hats here. Oh, uh, that, that guy's not a local. <laughs> no. Which one? Um, we'll get there. Oh, we'll get to We'll get to him. Don't look at the comments. Wade Farr says, who makes up a Nebraska schedule? The, uh, outside uh, of the Big Ten directors, conference. The athletic directors and then the TV people in the conference, the people in charge of the conference, all get together and they say, uh, that Fox says that one of you guys has to start playing games so they can make their money. And we want a week zero, week one matchup with a name and another, another school. And, you know, Nebraska – here's the thing. We haven't been good at football, but one thing we're good at is still bringing shit tons of viewership. So we still are a brand. We're one of the biggest brands in the Big Ten, and, and that matters to them, and that's why we get stuck in these situations. I like it personally, having games like this to open the year. You know exactly where you're at. Well, that's true. You know what you have to work on. It's not, hey, we just beat Southern Miss by 30 points, and we're going to UCLA next week, and we're going to own their ass, and then we get embarrassed. And you know, Next year, n- next year, all of this changes. Because next year, when you look at the Big Ten, we're not going to sit down and, and say, like, Ohio State is going 10-2. and two. These scores, these 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 records for people are going to be much more like the NFL. Yep. Where nine a, yeah, nine and three teams are going to be making the playoffs. And it's something we're going to have to adjust to is what we think success means and how we look at records and stuff like that. Because, uh, you know, between the Big Ten and, and the SEC, I, the records are going to be a lot more brutal. Okay, go on. Uh, Josh says, by the way, my first Husker game was 03 when we lost to Southern Miss. You started this shit then. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Josh. Josh, go uh, back to wherever. Uh, Sam Roberts Golf says, how about instead of preseason games against other real teams, you put together all the best players in the state in high school and have them play them because the high school kids would get killed. Yeah. 
You know what the problem with the preseason games in college football would be is everybody would still take them as seriously as a oh, regular God, game. Yeah, we're playing. Yeah, they, we'd all shit ourselves. Kansas or, I don't yeah. know, South Dakota State in preseason. I'm sitting yeah. there bitching about, hey, we didn't yeah. get third and three. This is why we don't do this in spring. Yeah. Because yeah. coaches yeah. want to coach in spring. They don't want to play fucking football. They want to coach. Uh, all right, so let's get to some of our predictions. <laughs> Guys, hope you have yours. Ready to go? Would uh, that be me? Well, your guys, right? I mean, you and okay, Hoss. okay. But we're I'm gonna go through the the Chatterfields first, and then the honorary Chatterfields who uh, come in who, who sneak across the border from Colorado. Uh, we'll, we'll get to all of them. It means colored red. That's what it actually means in Spanish. Oh, okay. I, I didn't like. I don't what? know if we're allowed to. I say never it. thought of that. It means colored. Stop red. it! Stop it! I thought, I thought I thought I thought that was Rojas, Colorado. Whatever. Okay, moving on. Uh, Soldier of the USA says losing to bus is going to be horrible. That's why it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If it happens, it will be horrible. John, you're killing me. What? I feel like uh, you're you're just you're just out to be a doom and gloomer, and we can't have that. Oh my God! It's an hour forty-one into this, man. I was like, "Oh, the old man's kind of starting to fall over here." Yeah. Well, you know, tired too. And you have to do the article too. So, you uh, fucking young people. What article? <laughs> the, for the website. Anyway, uh, all right. On to John. Look at the live ones. Let me know if I miss any. Uh, right. to, to the predictions. Tom says Nebraska thirty-one twenty-one. Uh, love watching from Omaha. We Tom, love that you're here, Omaha guy. Um, Caleb Ward says, don't know who wins, but Colorado won't score 30 points. I think that's not the point you're supposed to predict a winner, um, predict a score. So Caleb, you've participated all night. Give us a score, man. Uh, Josh is going with consistency says 35, 17 red. I pick the same score every game. It's gotta be right sooner or later. Um, that tends to be how it works. Uh, here we go. Cornhusker corner says 17 to three, Nebraska expect the unexpected. That would be unexpected. That would be unexpected. Uh, especially after what they did to TCU last week. Because everybody nationally is expecting Colorado to hey. re- replicate that success. So If we held them to three points, we are the 85 Bears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dion Pryor says 31-17 Nebraska. Love it, Dion. Uh, Fred says 28-24 Nebraska. Rule throws Dion's foot to the crowd, screams bigger, and is above the law like Kingpin, and we run off under a hail of batteries and piss. <laughs> Colorado Kool-Aid. It's not the Rule-Aid. <laughs> uh, let's find out. Make sure that John's not uh, asleep at the wheel here. All right. Uh, we got more Baron Von Raschke uh, references yep. in the comments. That's always fun. Um, Clay says, in honor of Todd, 35-21, although he really says Nebraska 21-20. Oh. Uh, Brando's Sports World. Says Nebraska twenty eight, Colorado twenty seven. Finally, my Tristan Alvano walk off kick comes to fruition. F Dem buffs and go big red. Three interceptions, boys. Love the energy. Uh, Justin says Nebraska twenty eight, Colorado twenty four. Wade says uh, Nebraska twenty three, buff seventeen. Like it. Nebraska double oh five. S Miller says Nebraska thirty one, CU twenty eight. Doing one last sweep for any new ones. Uh, 
God, John's sleeping again. Uh, Caleb says 30-27, so he did uh, follow up with a score. Thank you, Caleb, for uh, Thank you. doing the homework. Uh, Mark uh, says 35-10 Nebraska. And there's always that one outlier, right? Yeah. And that is Kirk Go Buffs says 31-6 to Buffs. Okay. I just want to let that simmer for a minute. I'm just going to put that right, up there. Right, Kirk. You know what, Kirk? I if it's thirty-one to six, Nebraska, I really hope that you're able to go on like a nice hike over the flat irons, you know, to get over the loss because you know that is a really nice place that you live in. But um, I don't like it this Saturday. Uh, Sam Roberts did follow through. Says until proven otherwise, I struggle to trust the offense. Uh, nonetheless, I am confident that we have a top fifteen defense, so we should be Colorado twenty-four twenty. I like that score a lot, actually. Uh, Blaine Cole says, if Nebraska does not go 14 and one, will will I'm guessing me, will I shave my head? Wouldn't be the first time. Um, Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was wondering what the hat was doing. I feel like it's, you know, just trying to keep the cool air off. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Are you um, shaving your head to be the next model for Bullet Man? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, perfectly shaped head for that. Blaine, to answer your question, um, I have done it in the past. Um, probably not now. I apologize. If that if if you feel let down by that, uh, find me on Twitter at the number five heart podcast. We can discuss ways of of uh, um, compensation for for the disappointment. Uh, but probably not. Um, Wade Farr says. Uh, uh, my grandson, wait, I didn't know you were old enough to be a grandpa. Uh, Matthew Farr goes to Johnson Brock School and says Nebraska 25-22. So there's a shout-out to Matthew and uh, and everybody there at Johnson Brock School. Uh, hopefully they're all good little uh, big red lunatics. And uh, living in Omaha, David Matney says 24-20 Nebraska. Cornhusker Corner says, Greg, if you want, I'll rewatch the recording of this podcast and live tweet just to confuse everyone. <laughs> That'd be fine. Josh, if we win, Greg has to drink a banquet. I love it. I will do that. I'll get a I'll get a tall boy. Because I don't want to, you know, have five sitting around the house for a year and a half on end. Um and here's the thing. I'll make this deal with you. If you ever come to the house, I'll buy the banquet and we'll drink it out out back together. But I'm just not gonna have it sitting in my house without any uh any love. Uh, Charlie Huntsman says 41-30, like that score from uh, uh, Alex Henry and Sue Interception. I was on the sideline and dressed blues that year for the Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots. Well, God bless you, and thank you for your service. Such a badass game, the best game I've ever, ever been to. I was at that game as well. Great game. And let's see, this is not a prediction, but uh, Caleb does say, I cry maybe once a year, but if we lose to Colorado, I'll drown in tears. That's worth keeping up there. I'll tell you what. Here, here, here's let everybody's talking about what? shaving heads. Let's do this. If John, if, if we go, if we, if we go, my head for no, 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 no. If we go better than average, above average, if we go beyond six and six, John, will you at least get a damn haircut? I, you know, I can get a haircut. All right, there you have it. That's got to be better than. I tell you what, if we go better than six and six, I will I will uh, get some of my hair cut off. We'll send it to Haas and he can use it as a wig. 
Um, John, I'll hold you. I'll hold you to it. Oh my God! You might have, you might have to die a little bit first. So. Uh, Ryan T says thirty five thirty one Nebraska watching from LA. Love the show. Thank you, Ryan. Husker Bob says uh, Nebraska forty one Colorado twenty four. That uh, one just also, speaks to me for some reason. Also talking about uh, the beer hams, which is not a great beer. beer. I know, but it's not great. Oh, man. Cornesker Corner, you're going to the Texas-Bama game in Tuscaloosa. That's that's brave. Uh, wear something Nebraska. I don't think you need to be told that, but just wear something Nebraska. Uh, and then uh, I'm, I'm oh wondering if this is SK. Is this Saskatchewan Canuck fan? I don't know. Uh, it says 35-10 for the Huskers. We appreciate uh, our love from he our says, neighbors. He north. says watching from Saskatchewan. So I, Well, I didn't see that part first, John. I was okay. – all right, uh, God, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and get. We're we're almost an hour, almost two hours into this thing, John. Yes. Before I, we do this, I one announcement. I did spend some time today with Connor from uh, Corn Craze going over our YouTube channel. I, some of you have made complaints about the number of ads that have showed up in these live shows, and he and I looked at that issue, and I realize now there are way too many ads in these live shows. So I'm going to start removing the ads that YouTube is putting in because they're putting in like 12 to 15 ads, and that's just wait, that's just shit ton. So that will be cleaned up going forward. I do wonder if it's because our shows go longer and longer every week. It seems. Yeah, they seem like they do. This one's this one's a record breaker <laughs> uh, for the five part. So, uh, with that all being said, uh, John, let's get to your prediction for saturday's uh uh game contest there in uh, boulder 35 31 nebraska with pick sixes by both teams just to make everybody poop themselves all around i'm writing these down hold on check you know what i want i want to show that I'm, I'm very proud of this check this out uh that is green somebody made that for me as a gift years ago this is a little notepad. Uh, they is know I'm a like, huge Green Lantern fan. Oh, so, uh, I thought that was a Batman signal. I hate you. You're the worst. John, 3531, Nebraska. Okay, Hoss. I'm going to say Nebraska runs for 220. Oh, he's so specific now. <laughs> and we throw for 170. <gasps> Nebraska 21-16. Wow, that's a low score. 21-17? 16, okay. Wade Farr says, don't forget to press the like button on YouTube, please, so the YouTube algorithm likes us for having an almost two-hour show, for God's sake. Even if you don't like the show, even if you only want it to be like half as long. Go ahead and press that like button. I want to have my outrageous prediction like John has for both teams have pick sixes. Okay. Um, Ramir Johnson, all three touchdowns. Wow. Okay. I'm writing this all down. You know that, right? I like Ramir Johnson. I do too. He's a dude. He's explosive. All right. My turn, uh, which is going to be the least impressive, but also not at all uh, unexpected. I think that Nebraska actually does rush for over 250 yards in the game. I think uh, I think Gabe Irvin Jr. is going to have over 150 of it. 
I believe that for the first time in uh, a long time, well, maybe not a long time, I'm sure it happened more last year, but a running back will put up a memorable performance and have more rushing yards than the quarterback because I've been saying it all season long. I definitely said it uh, last Friday night when Haas and I got together. I never want to see the quarterback be the team's leading rusher, at least be our team's leading rusher. Uh, so at least 150 on the ground by Gabe Irvin uh, Jr., towards a cumulative uh, team total of over over 250 yards. Uh, passing yards, I'm not going to get into the minutia of that, but uh, I do think that uh, we're going to see a touchdown reception from Borkature. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> and I, wow. I, I think the defense is going to uh, put some pressure on shittier Sanders. Um, because, look, if you're not the best, then you're probably Seeds. shittier. Um so I will say Nebraska is going to win this one. Uh, I'm going to go – got to do math in my head. I'm going to go 34-24. Ooh, I like it. So okay, I didn't yeah. put nearly as many notes down on mine, but that's because I'll forget it, this entire show as soon as we're done recording. Anyway, um, Caleb says fullback trap for a touchdown. We wouldn't mind. Uh nope. Clay says, any trick plays by Nebraska? Hopefully not. Um, Throwback screen to Ramir Johnson. <laughs> Justin says, uh, Hoss, good luck Thursday with Kelsey. Uh, wish Kelsey would be in the game. I'd rather we win with him playing the Lions. Uh, 35 KC 24. Oh, so he's a Lions fan. Okay. I, I'm nervous about that one, man. I, I think that Detroit, I think they're actually going to upset Kansas City on Thursday night. I like this MK prediction. Uh, four three Nebraska. The national reaction would be, "What the fuck? We just watched. It would be glorious." You like that six to four Penn State Iowa game in two thousand four. <laughs> All right. Well, this thing has. Uh, I, we're going to overstate our welcome. We're going to old yeller this one. We're going to take this one out uh, and and put it down. Uh, we appreciate all of you. Look, not only is this on a different night, but boy, it, it's bedtime for most everybody watching and participating in this show. So. Uh, we're going to leave you. We'll see you in, in, you know, you already know about all the post game shows that are coming down the pipe. So be excited, be ready for Saturday. Uh, kickoff is at 11 and, uh, and then all the mayhem begins after that. What? I'm I'm sorry. I'm punch drunk at this point. I'm just exhausted. Wade Farr says if Shandier, if Shandier uh, Sanders gets hurt, will Dion use Aflac? I want to say one thing real quick. If Colorado does win and beat us, you know, they beat us on Saturday. If he called out the five heart podcast in the post game saying he's kept receipts on us, what would your reactions be? I'd be tickled. You know why? Because that's going to be a lot more people Googling five heart podcast. I would think that he has a mental issue. That if he's diving this deep to find receipts, he's literally got some kind of obsessive compulsive problem. Hey, Fixation. Why not both? Yeah. Why can't he have a mental issue and help boost our numbers? <laughs> well, he would, but you'd kind of go, wow, dude. I fear for you now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as Caleb says, I love it. Yes. 
we're not hard to find uh youtube you know coronation.com youtube coronation on youtube uh coronation on twitter also the number five heart podcast on uh i'm sorry x twitter whatever the hell it is um all right we gotta go uh we're all yeah oh blaine blaine my man that might be a new tagline don't don't do this to me blaine you're Blaine Cole says, and remember, five points of contact is all you need. Greg? Go Big Red. I'm so out of sorts now. Win the damn game. No, we got to do this. There you go. That's the outro. John's next post-game reaction from inside, Dion said, remember, five toes is all you need. Oh, my God. All right. That, that is it. That, that's it. That's the, the end. The show has come to an end. That's uh, it, folks. This is a, uh, nope, nope. That's John. Wait, shit. That's John Johnston. I'm way out of sorts. Uh, shit. <laughs> Greg Mahochko. This is the five heart podcast. We remind you the five heart is all the heart you need. John, we coming. Go big red. Hoss. Win the damn game. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Uh.